This is the Power Power Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. We're going to make it into Genesis chapter 14, and it's definitely top knot, no makeup day. But I'm not in my pajamas. So that's good. And actually, I should have bought more of these because I love it from H&M. But too late. Why am I in Deuteronomy? Here we go. Let's pray and then we'll get started. God, I pray that you help us through um, this next segment um, indicative of the power that you bestow on those um, that walk with you. There is a great army on our side when we choose to trust you, when we choose to lean in, when we choose to go through difficulties like separation or, or whatever it is that's in front of us, um, believing when there's just no evidence that physical evidence of it coming to pass. Um, these these steps that we take towards faith um, are always accompanied by your blessing and your strength um, and virtues that we would not have by ourselves. And we, we ask that you teach us about this today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's read chapter 14. Um, I didn't get this far <laughs> yesterday. And it came about in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Alisar, Ch- uh, Cheddar Lomer, Cheddar Lomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goem, that they made war with Bera, king of Sodom, and with Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shanab, king of Adma, and Shemabur, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar. And all these came as allies to the valley of Siddim, that is the Salt Sea. Twelve years they had served Cheddar Lomar, Lomer, Cheddar Lomer, but I doubt it's French, but here we are. But the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Chedar the king, and the kings that were with him came and defeated the Rephaim, Rephaim in, oh, come on, Astral Karnaim, Karnaim, and the Zuzim in Ham, and the Emim in Sheva Kirthaim, Kirthaim, and the Horites in their, in their mount, at some point it just sounds like gibberish, and the Horites in their, in their Mount Seir, as far as Alparan, which is by the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to En Mishpat, uh, not Moshpit, Mishpat, that is Kadesh, and conquered all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who lived in Hazazon Tamar. And the king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah and the king of Adma and the king of Zeboim and the king of Bela, that is Zoar, came out and they arrayed for battle against them in the valley of Siddim, against Chedlamar, 
Lomer, whatever, king of Elam, and title king of Goam, and Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Arioch, king of Elisar, four kings against five kings. Wait till, what, wait till you hear what happens next. Now, the valley of Siddim was full of tar pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, and they fell into them, but those who survived fled to the hill country. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food supply and departed. They also took Lot, Abram's nephew, and his possessions and departed, for he was living in Sodom. Then a fugitive, somebody who escaped, came and told Abram, the Hebrew, now he was living by the Oaks of Mamre, we know that, the Amorite, brother of Ishkol, and the brother of Aner, and these were allies with Abram. And when Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he led out his trained men, born in his house, 318, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and defeated them, and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. He brought back all the goods and also brought back this relative Lot with his possessions and also the women and the people. Then after his return from the defeat of Cheddar Lomer, Homer, and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Sheba, that is, the king's valley. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem brought out bread and wine. Now he was the priest of the God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. He gave him a tenth of all. The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give the people to me and take the goods for yourself. Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord, God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take a thread or a sandal, thong or anything that is yours, for fear you would say I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing except what the young men have eaten and the share of men who went with me, Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre. Let them take their share. Note, notice, first of all, the odds against Abram. And his lack of concern for those odds. The only thing he was concerned about was his family. Sometimes we can go about our lives thinking that our mission field is some big place that we need to get to. And sometimes our mission field, sometimes the place that needs the most concern, the place that where that is a hotbed for spiritual warfare is right inside our four walls. 
that this, our family, is what God has for us to minister to at the time. That is not saying that something else might not be coming. But sometimes we tend to overlook this that God has for us right now within our frame, within our family frame. And Abraham, he was not thinking about the drama. God describes in Genesis through Moses the drama. There were these kings, they were all together, and then they served this guy, and then they rebelled, and then five kings. And I'm, I'm not thinking, it's not in the, I, I'm thinking they were way over the number 300. Remember the number that Abraham brought into battle, and then he split them to attack on either side? I don't know, that would be like um, New York City against Podunk, Kansas. And then Kansas, little town Kansas, decides to split in two to attack New York City. Not a thing. Not a thing. And, and I, I firmly believe that the forces against, if we had any idea what the spiritual, uh, the spiritual well-being of our family is up against, we would turn tail and run out. If it were not for the Lord that was on our side. I want to read real quickly uh, a couple of Psalms. I know I'm reading a lot, but... Uh, okay, maybe just Psalm 20, 124. Starting in verse 1. Had it not been the Lord who was on our side... I would say sometimes we don't even know we're on a side and we don't even know what we're up against. Maybe we have fallen asleep in this spiritual war. Maybe we, we just take for granted that our kids are okay, only to find out later, whoop, they're not, they're, you know, addicted to porn or something further on down. We did all the sheltering we could, we did all the parenting we could, but when we when we, and I want to be gentle here, but when we refuse to acknowledge spiritual warfare, when we do not keep in mind who the enemy is and what the enemy is after, then we can start to think of our, our homes as not important, not a thing. I don't need to be worried about this because I send my kids to such and such Christian school. I take them to church every Sunday. I They're involved in youth group. There's, there's nothing to worry about. If we had any idea what the enemy plans against our children, against our marriage, against our relationship, if we had any idea we would turn tail and run out. Had it not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel say, now say, had it not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. 
when their anger was kindled against us, then the waters would have engulfed us. The stream would have swept over our soul. Then the raging waters would have swept over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us to be torn by their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the trapper. This reminds me, excuse me, that's nice. Um, this reminded me of a story I wrote a couple stories ago about birds being trapped in a snare on top of a mountain. And the only way you were, that uh, the main character was able to get to the birds, to unlock the birds, was a sacrifice. The only way we are going to win the war that we're in is by not leaning on ourselves, but leaning on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the propitiation, the, the one who went to the cross for us. He is our source. He is the one we fight our battles with. We cannot do this with a set of regulations. We must regulate by the Holy Spirit. That has to be our energy. He is the one who is already one, who equips us to fight. Our, our soul has, has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the trapper. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So Abram keeps his priorities simple and it sends him into a battle that... <laughs> The odd, where the odds are not even close, close to favorable. And yet, and we know this because when the man of God finds him, these are the kinds of words that he says. He brought bread and wine and he blessed Abram. Blessed be Abram of the God most high recognizing that there was only one way Abraham made that made it out alive with that scenario against those kings. Possessor, God most high possessor of heaven and earth, meaning God was in charge. God is in charge. He allowed Abram to win. And the only way we win is by what? Letting God Recognizing that God is in charge and letting God work. I wish we understood that this wasn't passive. This isn't a thought that we have about God being great. And we talked about omnipresent, all that yesterday. This is an action Abraham took with a simple priority. Get his, this wasn't for personal gain. This wasn't for riches. This wasn't for clout. This wasn't because he needed some attention on Facebook. This was nothing to do with that. His priorities were 
simple. Protect his family. The odds were stacked. This wasn't going to be a win-win at all win. The man of God realized that, ha that the battle being won was only from one source. God. But the person that, in, that put their money where their mouth was. Now, it's good to come to church. It's good to memorize verses. It's even good to, to memorize your, your Bible. But if we don't have, and we're disconnected in the area of putting our money where our mouth is, when we don't have any steps in front of us that we have taken to show, to thank, to be faithful, to do the thing right in front of us within our four walls, how will people know? How will people know? That you serve a God, an amazing God. I'm not talking about denying even after the evidence. I'm talking about presenting the evidence. Because you were faithful with that next thing God wanted you to do. There's something that I'm going to have to do on Sunday. I don't want to do. It's kind of off the table. But I'm going to obey I want God at the steering wheel. Because I want God to be glorified. And blessed be God, he says, this man of God in verse 20, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. He gave him a tenth of all and the king of Sodom. So then the king of Sodom is like, Come on, let's you can you can take your share, whatever. But because Abraham was so locked in, notice how Abraham repeats what the man of God says. I have sworn to the Lord God most high. Notice this repeated phrase, possessor of heaven and earth. When you are locked into the character of God. When you understand that everything that's on this earth is from God and is going back to God and is about God and he's in control of everything on this earth, money, finances, kind of the same thing, our, our work, our occupation, our kids, what, what's going on with them. When, he's in, when, he, when we know that he is in charge and we know that any victories are from him, not our regulatory list, regu list of regulations, but that he is in control of my kids, that I have surrendered my kids to him, then there is no temptation like money per a bribe, like status, like all of those things that appeal to our 
our self importance. You know what I mean. Those things that bolster us and our ego. And that we can look to and say, look what I did. I did that. I, I, and then we start thinking that we're the possessor. Look at what I accomplished over here. When we're locked into the word and we understand that we could lose it all tomorrow, we will not fall. When the subtle thing, when the subtle things come our way that that bolster our ego, that appeal to our pride, that are the opposite of humble, because it's really, it is really, really tempting. Once we've had a victory, once we've seen God do a miraculous thing in our kids' life, we were praying about that porn issue. God delivered. We were praying about that partying issue. God delivered. It is really, really, really easy. Just like this guy coming in, this king coming in. Hey, you can take the goods here. And Abraham is locked into the Lord, repeating what the man of God said about the Lord. And he says, nope. I'm not going to bolster my ego this way. I'm not going to say, you're not going to say later, I made Abram rich. Why? Because God, Abram knows that this was from God. And Abraham knows he's the possessor of heaven and earth. And Abraham knows that temptation comes when we have a victory to take the credit. And when we don't take the credit, we're putting our money where our mouth is. We meant it. We finish it well. Not only did we go out in faith and, and, we, and we gave that thing over to the Lord, we knew exactly who the deliverance was going to come from. And God delivered against all odds. And then when Satan comes in and says, it's because you had that rule that he came in at 12. Why don't you just take the credit for that? No. God did this. And we get deeper. And we understand that God's work is in the heart. And when our son came in at 12 without being reminded... Because he wanted to get out of the sticky situation he didn't want to, want to be involved in. You know, it wasn't the curfew. It was God working on his heart. And he, what is that verse? 124, Psalm 124. If it were not for God who was on our side, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.